Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I am your forever immortal host. And my co-host, Jared Gifford, who is the writer and creator for Darum, Captain of the Stars. Jared, how are you? It's always good to be here. I'm doing pretty well, actually. I here we've got a, a subject uh, tonight that's actually near and dear to your heart uh, when it comes to this particular creator. It is. However, before we get into that, did you know that there's a website that you can go get our comics? Oh, yes. And thank you for bringing this to my attention. But uh, yes, um, let's get this <laughs> going right. So um, for those that don't know who are just getting tuned to the podcast i mean the veterans will know this yeah but those who are just barely tuning to our podcast Corey and i are both comic book writers we work for crazy monkey inc mm-hmm. um cory here writes a uh a, a nice little action indie mature comic by the name of the adventures of taxi cab joe yes um and uh and, and it's a really awesome action adventure thing very much in the vein of blade runner and fifth element um it's it you know it's lots of action lots of violence lots of naked women <laughs> you know uh, it's you know it's an it's an action fan's wet dream <laughs> <laughs> and yeah did the fans also know that you write a fantastic sci-fi yourself about Darum, yeah. who is not only growing up in this world without a father, but he's also learning how to weave in and out throughout the galactic stars, trying to battle a corrupt government so that the, the, so that the people of the galaxy can at least have a bit of freedom. Oh yes, uh, and uh, and and then also that, uh, that they can find both our comics because uh, uh, what's funny is I I remember the comparison that we've used but I love it mm-hmm. is that um, basically if you like if you like if you like um, uh, epic George Lucas type sci-fi that's that that's the people who are gonna like Darum but if you like more of the um, more of the uh, sort of uh, very dark gritty action oriented sci-fi more on the more on the vein of like what Roger Corman did mm-hmm. um, then that's the uh, th- then that's the people who are gonna like the adventures of taxi Cab Joe and exactly. they can find both our comics at crazymonkeyinc.com that's ink with a K yes um, and uh, digital copies are a dollar fifty mm-hmm. print copies are five um, and while they're there they can also check out the entire line of Crazy Monkey Inc. comics, not just ours, but yes, please, buy our stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we also will have some poster prints available for both our titles pretty soon. Yes. Because um, I, um, uh, I had actually just barely talked to Raz today. And okay. He, and he said that they're working on um, also some, some poster prints for Taxi Cab Joe. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there will be both that and then ones for Darum as well. Oh, and um, we have a release date finally yes. for Sexy Zombie Hunters. Yes. Um, why don't you fill them in on this? It is going to be later on in December. It should have been earlier, but with all this stuff and all the amazing creations that we're going to be coming out with for the end of this year and into the beginning of next year, 
it had to be pushed back a little bit. December 29th is going to be the date that yes. you can get Sexy Zombie Hunters number one. Nice. And also, um, we're looking at the middle of February for Text Cab Joe number two. two. And I've just cemented um, a month, not a day yet, but a month for the summer release of Taxi Cab Joe number three. Nice. So I'm not going to say the month right now for that one because we're still <laughs> in the inner workings of getting it taken care of. Yeah. But as it closes in on the day and the month, yeah. I will let people know. Mm -hmm. But it is literally almost finished. I just got right. um, a splash page from Gasper, and it's freaking to die for. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. His art has cemented Crazy Monkey Inc. as one of the more outstanding and mm -hmm. bombastic type of indie comic mm -hmm. companies that have come from the ground up in the last five years because yeah. we first started out with just doing Raz doing his own comics like yeah. Death Squad Zero and Midnight's Avenger yeah. and then it just uprooted from there and now we've got so many cool creators we've got Mark Swan well, we've well, got was, Tony well, Clapper yeah. Uh, yeah, we've exactly. got Stefano Caracelli uh -huh. who's um, working vividly and working at such a breath breathtaking uh, breath speed with his Romeo and Juliet, River of Blood graphic novel. graphic novel that's supposed to be coming out next yeah. year. And we've also got so many other things going mm -hmm. on. We've got The Furious, um, Caden Slark is Furious by Brian Joe Glass. Pages yeah. are coming in left and right. Samir yeah. Samau is doing a fantastic job with the art. Yeah. I just, you know, I, yeah. I guess I'm just impatient because I want yeah, the damn yeah, thing in my hand right now. But, yeah, but, 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 yeah, but, but we know it's <laughs> happening because it's still working on it. I still see the pages and you're right, it's, it's, it's happening. Um, but then we also have so many other great titles there too. So because I said there's ours, there's uh, there's mm -hmm. that. But then we also have, as you, as you point out, we got uh, Tony Clapper who do, does Five Star. Yes, we got issues one and two of that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, actually, in fact, yeah. issues one and two, um, actually, uh, issue two mm -hmm. just got put up for the link for the digital and the print version on our website just today. Yeah. So they can go and get that right now if they want to. Mm -hmm. um, also, Monsters on the Run number three. Yeah, is, um, is also available. Is also as well. available as well. And he is Mark Swan is working um, really hard on mm -hmm. um, number four, and that's it should be coming out pretty soon. Um, I do know. Um, I um, I also do know that we have uh, Nikki Hawkins who um, has brought a lot of his head shrinker press stuff over yes. to Crazy Monkey Ink here. Mm -hmm. um, one of his big ones that is uh, uh, that he has is Landslide. Yes, and I have yet to get that one, but it yeah. looks amazing. Oh yeah, so he, he's it, it, um, but we've got that, and then he also for those who don't know, he also. Um, Helped uh, write uh, Death Squad Zero number one. Yes, he did. And he did uh, alongside, a fantastic job. alongside Raz. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and yeah, did an awesome job with that. Um, and um, we also um, see, and I'm such a horrible person because I keep forgetting his name. You're fine. But um, but um, I do know we have the 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 sort of um, 80s nostalgia ninja title that Raz is. Co uh, is is always writing. Yeah, with at, George Fernandez. Yeah, thank you. Thank yes, you. You're good. Um, I'm so glad that you're here to remember <laughs> the things that I can't. 
Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so with uh, George, George Hernandez and Gabriel Ramirez. Called both Cyborg both. Ninja. Yes, yeah, Cyborg Ninja. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'll, all I know is like, I looked at the art and I just thought it looked phenomenal. Like I said, I mean, I know people are like, well how, well, how could you like it? You can't even remember the name. But no, it's like, I didn't get hung up on the name. What, what, what got me right away was the art. I looked at the, I looked at that art and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is everything about the eighties I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have an extra special surprise for yeah. later on next year around the fall time. Yeah, we have a brand new title that I'm coming out with as a one shot. Yes, um, it's only going to be fifteen pages long, so it's not it's going to be the only one of its kind. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a small short about how Mandy and Joe met each other, and it's going to be called. The TNA. <laughs> and it's a short 15 minute, it's a short 15 page comic about how Joe and Mandy met. Okay, that's, that's, that's a pretty interesting concept. I like that. I like that. And, and as, as you know, uh, we're, we're working hard at least getting funds for this, uh, both Corey and I. Um, but next year, both Corey and I are still working very hard on getting out our Sherlock Holmes graphic novel concept exactly. that, that both him and I worked on. And I believe um, you had talked to Craig DeBoard about helping yes. out with well, that well, as well. Well, well in fact, he, he, he's the reason, because uh, no, I've already told him, no, he's still on board. Mm-hmm. He still wants to do the art. Uh, and for those who don't know, Craig DeBoard is a great indie artist. You should, um, you know... Um, you you should check out his stuff if you you know if you're not familiar with him, check him out. He's on Facebook. He does some really awesome stuff. Um, he does a comic book of his own called Grim Indiana. Mm-hmm. And and look that up. It's really great. Sort of. Uh, it's almost like it's 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 like a almost like a supernatural crime fiction story. Um, you know, but with mythological elements. Yeah. Um, but but I love it. It's really great. But anyway, um, yeah, he's the one who's going to be doing the art for um, the Sherlock Holmes graphic novel we've been working on. Because yes. He's got this kind of... Um, this dark, gritty style that really would work for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I like it. Anyway, uh, so... Um, but yeah, we're working hard on, on uh, getting the money together for that. Getting it assembled, uh, but uh, but no, like I said, no. Everything else is on track. Craig DeBoard's still gonna be uh, gonna be doing a, the pencils and the inks, um, you know. Um, the uh, you know, and as always, the ever awesome uh, magic man Mike Montalvo is yes. going to be doing the coloring and the lettering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he is. Now, um, yeah. you guys don't know who. Uh, Mike Montalvo is. He has been the colorist and the letterer for a superb amount of titles for Crazy Monkey Inc. He is the go-to guy when you want to make your comics sparkle. Oh yeah, Seriously. exactly. <coughs> We're working on that. Um, and then um, we, um, I'm also working um, on getting out my uh, graphic novel concept of. Well, not really concept, but the whole story is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but my but but my graphic novel of Death Unicorn Slayer of Bunnies, mm-hmm. um, um, and uh, and then also um, I'm going to the next uh, this next coming year, um, and I at least am going to try to get one if not two issues of it out. I'm going to be working on a new concept that I'm going to be calling the Ronan Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like epic 
samurai stories. This is definitely going to be up your alley. Yeah. Um, and, uh, anyway, um, as far as Crazy Monkey Inc. announcement goes, I think that covers everything. I believe, you know, yeah. that, so, that's about it. Yeah. Now, we've got a creator that we're going to be um, talking about in this podcast that not only is, like Jared said, near and dear to my heart because he yeah. created one of the most badass cops, time-jumping cops mm. that I've ever read. Yeah. He also has cemented himself as one of the comic creators that really helped bring the 90s comics to mm-hmm. a new level of awesome. We're talking about Will Pistacio. <clears throat> Will Pistacio. Yes. Will Pistacio. <laughs> yeah. The sad thing is, for for those who those who don't know, this is the sad thing about it. It's kind of a it's kind of a funny thing, and I always mock him for it. But yeah. the but the thing is, is that Corey loves the guy, <laughs> but he can never pronounce his name right. I usually say pistachio, <laughs> just for something funny, because I know I'm, I, I'm going to butcher his name every time. No, 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 and I, I am just barely told him. I am just barely told him. I said, I, I, because I, 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 I had just said to you, I had just said to you <clears throat> that that. Uh, that watch one of these days you're gonna meet the man say his name wrong and then be completely embarrassed <laughs> he's probably gonna give me the bird and tell me he's never gonna sign any of my shit ever again <laughs> he's gonna be like wow you even did a podcast on me asshole <laughs> uh anyways um but for those who don't know will spartacio he is the man who created the x-men character bishop yes um, yeah, who's in many of the greatest time travel epics of the X-Men. A very, a very awesome character. Um, uh, Will Spartacio also is one of the guys who left Marvel to go work at Image. Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly enough, he's the only one of the Image founders who actually didn't take a prominent position at Image. He just... Nope. He just basically wanted to do his comic, and he didn't take any big position like the other guys did. Yeah, he just wanted to put. He just wanted to bring his stuff out, and that's it. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and uh, for those who don't know, um, he uh, while he was an image, um, oh, he's still there. Um, he created the series Wetworks, uh-huh. which is kind of this, uh, you know, uh, almost kind of like a a group of uh, sort of like. Uh, super-powered mercenaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just a very awesome read. And one of the things I want to comment about is, is his particular art style. Is um, I like... Wills Potassio is one of those guys that he's... He's like, he's like in between Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee. He's, he's, he's got this really great, fine style, but you, can def- you definitely can't mix you, you definitely can't mix up his stuff with any of the other creators mm-hmm. um you can definitely tell when it's him um and but like i said I, that's the way i describe his art style is it's it's like it's it's like it's like if mark silvestri's art and jim lee's art had a baby yeah <laughs> a very amazing yeah. lucrative baby yes <laughs> <laughs> now the thing that i love yeah. about will's art yeah. is it's got this Type of, uh, if you want to use the French word, je ne sais quoi, type feel to it. Because when you look at the art, it's Mm -hmm. almost like you can touch the character that he's made. Yeah, they they look like they could be. Um, when, once again, I mean, I know it's exaggerated through the funnel of comic books, but what I'm saying is, is 
when you look at those characters, they look like they could be living, breathing characters. Exactly. You you can just imagine them in your head. It's not like it's one of those things. That's, it's not like the it's not like it's not like the doodle that your that that your four year old comes up to you with and says, "Hey, daddy, I drew you." <laughs> you know, um, it's like uh, no. This this is one of those things that you you see the characters and you can automatically just see them moving. You can see them talking. You know, mm -hmm. you, you automatically can get a feel for the character. And if you're a huge comic nerd like us, yeah, when you hear you know, the comics that he's made, automatically you think of his name because he's got such an iconic voice with the way he makes mm -hmm. comics. It's almost like if you were to forget that he was even part of the Image Foundry, you'd mm -hmm. almost want to slap yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, once again, I mean, it, but it's one of those things, he's just such a great creator that uh, he didn't even need that title to go with it either. The whole yeah. point is it's just... Um, he's another one of those people that his art speaks for itself. Um, he's to me, he's a lot like people like uh, like Mark Silvestri uh -huh. that we covered before. Yeah. Is that he his art speaks for itself, even if he wasn't associated with that. But I'm, I'm glad that he is. By yeah. the way, yeah, do not get me wrong. <laughs> but even if he wasn't, he you would you would still know who he was by his art because he's just got a definitive style of art. That, that you know that nobody else can copy. You know I don't give a crap who what what example somebody tries to come up with. I, you know I will contest it. Yeah. You know, nobody nobody else does art like like how he does his art. Every artist has their own voice, and you can definitely see what his voice is. And and uh, and uh, like in going back to Bishop as he created uh, with the X Men. I mean yeah he was one of the more unique characters because mm -hmm. I mean and for those that uh, you know for those that don't know. Um, like, uh, they were starting to, uh, at least, uh, it was happening in the mid to late 80s, and then it was working into the 90s, but they were starting to introduce more minority characters into the X-Men. Yes. Because it wasn't just, like, this all-white team, as they started out with, um... But uh, yeah, they whitewashed the crap out of that thing. Well, but once again, um, <laughs> not not to not to mock because once again this goes back to Stanley, who we also had an episode on yeah. a big tribute to. Um, but the thing is, is in the sixties it was still pretty innovative for its time because you mm -hmm. had this group of sort of social outcast misfits, yeah, and and they were hated by mankind. Even though all the characters were white, they still had these powers which made people hate and fear them. Yeah, and uh, and then basically it was was still his um, sort of um, take on racism. Yeah, um, or you know, or, or bigotry really. Um, and but anyway, but they were starting to introduce, uh, and this is one thing that, and you got to give Chris Claremont full credit as yeah. well. Chris Claremont also helped diversify the X Men because he was bringing in characters that that were that were Native American, that were that were black, that were Asian, mm -hmm. um, you know, that were various different ethnicities. Anyway, um, um, uh, skip ahead to when Will Spertasio was was doing his run in the X Men. And and he had created Bishop, who was, um, who was not only a really great character, just had a really awesome time cop, mm -hmm. but he was also a prominent black character. He really was because while there were um, some black characters like Storm, yeah, you know that were in the X Men, mm -hmm. you didn't really have a whole lot that popped out and were um, innovative. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. For the time. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree with you. Um, the thing is, is yeah, and so he was one of those... Well, and they didn't have a big prominent role. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, his his whole thing was... He was he was a time cop, as you said. Mm-hmm. He went back in time to stop these cataclysmic events, and it was like that was actually pretty cool, because he wasn't just the token black character. He yeah. was he was actually a person who had a vital, prominent role in these stories. And there hadn't been a character with that type of synopsis setup uh, made at the time, so this was actually innovative even for that. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is uh, and then, uh, you know, um, so is exactly is a, was was the thing is, uh, you know, you look at um, you look at a lot of those stories, and then uh, you know, I mean, and then and I love the sort of relationship because they had this kind of funny relationship. It was like you had. Um, Forge's relationship, and then and then there was uh, well, Forge, Forge, uh, if you remember, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he was um, in, within the same timeline as Bishop. Yeah. Um, for yeah, so for Forge and and Bishop had this really kind of hilarious relationship. Yeah. If you remember back from the early days, because it was like, you know, Bishop was the guy who was like, you know, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, no, we gotta get this done. You man of action, you know, it's like, go back, get it done, get it done. Mm-hmm. And Forge was kind of a little bit more, uh, like, I don't know, I, I guess you'd call it the Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like you could, do, we, you know, do we really have to do it this way? Because there. Well, no, no. I mean, we don't have to do it this way, but it's basically, you no. Know, he was, he was like, if, if. Bishop was the guy who was like, let's get this done. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, Forge was the guy who says, calm your titties, mm-hmm. you know, calm it down. Let's come up with a plan, yeah. and then let's do this. Before we decide to go balls to the wall and get yeah. ourselves killed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so, so I said, I, I, I kind of like that. Is uh, It was sort of this almost... I, I, I would put it this way, and one of you know, uh, I would put this. They had this like Yoda Luke Skywalker relationship, mm-hmm. you know. You had and the yeah yeah the young brash hero guy who wanted to go out and just get shit done. Yeah. And then and then you had and then you had the wise old sage who's basically like, whoa, chill out a bit, you know. Maybe I don't know. Think about what you're doing. And I really like the fact that. Forge was in there because when you have a character that goes balls to the walls and pretty much wants to get shit done now, you need that type of buffer character to be like, okay, I realize you want to do this. Yeah. However, how you're going to do it is going to get everybody killed. Exactly. Let's not do that. Let's uh, yeah. think about a better way of doing it, and then we can approach it the way... Yeah. That's not gonna get everybody well, killed. Well, and then this is, uh, what's the cool <laughs> thing is like uh, when because uh, uh, well, the thing is uh, is that uh, Will Spertasio actually shared a studio with Jim Lee. Yes, he did. And uh, in- interestingly enough, what happened was uh, when Jim Lee said he was gonna leave and go go with the image, the other Image founders and go with Image. Yeah. The, the thing is, it's almost like they got they got. Uh, seven creators for the price of six because like uh, because the funny thing is like uh, uh, since they were sharing a studio what happened was uh, Jim Lee basically just let Will Spertasio know he's like oh well hey uh, we're gonna be going to do this image thing and then Will Spertasio's like okay I'm in yeah <laughs> you didn't even have to twist his arm he was like oh really we're doing this okay 
Count me in. Well, yeah, and then that's, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah, um, the, the cool thing is, is that, yeah, they didn't even have to, yeah, as you said, they didn't even have to twist his arm. The only thing that he didn't do was, like I said, is the others basically took like, almost like the, what do you call it, like the comic book mogul role. Yeah. Um, Wills just said, no, no, I'm just going to, you know, he just basically joined in as an artist, did his comic book there, but no, he didn't take like any big position in the company. And I believe that's exactly what he wanted to do because yeah. throughout, you know, the time there, all he ever really wanted to do was just make comics. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be a prominent head role in the company he didn't want ceo he didn't want president no, no. he just wanted to sit back make his comic bring it out mm. and entertain and yeah. which is exactly what he's been doing yeah. for all of these years and i gotta give credit where credit is due mm-hmm. um will not only has stood the test of time with image mm-hmm. but also with the comics that he's still coming out with you still see that amazing flavor stamped on every comic that he brings out yeah. because he hasn't stopped bringing out amazing comics throughout the years just because he's gotten older. It's well, almost yeah. like they've gotten more refined and better throughout oh, yeah, the years. Oh, well, yeah, and, and, and once again, you, you, you can't... You, the thing is, is, he's one of those people that that you can always tell when he does something, you know. Um, Wills is the, uh, is, is the kind of person that... He's got a stamp on something, you know it's him. Exactly. Um, just like just like the other image creators, you know uh, that, that that we've, that we've been um, talking about um, over these podcasts. Yeah. The thing is, is that each one of them has their own unique voice, and it can't be replicated by anybody else. Many people have tried. Many people have failed. And, yeah. And, and and you know and and I'll even I'll even step up in one of the first ones to do this. Um, just, just, uh, and, and I'll get back on track here in a sec, mm-hmm. but I'll even, I'll be willing to stand up for Rob Liefeld. Yeah. It's the fact that love, love the guy or hate the guy that, you know, and you can go ahead and mock him all he wants. Or you can mock him all he wants or all you want. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but the whole point is, but the whole point is, is that he's successful. He's made a formula. Um, and, and with it, and even if you hate the guy, even if you hate his art, mm-hmm. well, you know what? It's one of those things that he's made a career out of it, and in, in the whole thing is, I will, I, I, yeah, I will defy people. The thing is, is, I also say that it can't be replicated. Exactly. So, you know, and anyway, getting back on track with Wills, um, yes. you know, um, that's what I'm saying. But, but I think, it, as you said, it, it, it makes sense. I, I, you know, I, I don't think he wanted any one of the big high positions. No. He just, he just wanted to get his book done, and, and that was all he really cared about. And, um, you know, and like I said, I mean, I think you kind of even see that in some of his characters, even going back to Bishop, as we were talking about. You mm-hmm. know, when I think about this, is like, uh, even though Bishop wanted to get things done, I, um, he wasn't what I'd call... Um, Overly loud about it? No, um, Bishop is definitely not a Frank Castle. Yeah, let's put it that way. It was basically, uh, it's basically uh, more of a go in and get the job done kind of character. Yeah, and then leave as fast as you got the job done. Yeah, he wasn't. He was he around was, there to stick around to see what happened. Yeah, he's on to the next job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting, but uh, but but anyway, um, 
And and interestingly enough, um, and they'd integrated because uh, I, I think we even talked about this uh, with, with certain other things, but like uh, when you look at like the X Men TV series from mm-hmm. the early nineties, stuff we grew up on, exactly. Um, it was his version of Bishop that they had in that cartoon. Most most of the stuff, interestingly enough, most of the stuff was in that X Men cartoon was stuff that was done by at least half the image creators, because. Because there were characters that were um, either made better or um, or had been created by a lot of the founders. Because you had stuff in there that was by Mark Silvestri. Because a lot of the Mr. Sinister stuff was, was from Mark Silvestri mm-hmm. stories. Um, you had a lot of stuff that was from Jim Lee's stories. Especially yeah. a lot of the Magneto stuff. I know that he didn't create Magneto, but, but, yeah. there was a, but, the, but they did have the... Um, they did have a lot of the... I mean, it wasn't... Once again, a uh, complete thing of it, but they had um, like uh, things that were reminiscent of the Asteroid M story, uh-huh. um, um, and then also um, oh, and then they also had the Genosha incident, which was also part of Jim Lee's run, uh-huh. um, and then uh, and then with Wilspert, Wil- Wilspert. See, now I'm messing it up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Wils. I'm so sorry, Wils. Wils Pistachio. <laughs> Wils. Portasio. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, no, but uh, but then with him, with him, they had his character in there because it was his version of Bishop that they had in that X Men series. Yeah. Um. So, and interesting enough, and I love it because they actually had crossed some of the characters and stuff. Oh, actually, even some of Rob Liefeld's creations made it in there because Cable. Cable yeah. was actually in that series. In fact, there was there were a couple of Uncanny X-Men comics where Cable and Bishop actually mm-hmm. fought side by side. And then sometimes they were on opposite sides. Yeah, sometimes they <laughs> well, it depends, wanted to kill each other. Well, because here's the, here's the interesting thing. is They're both from the future, but both in different points of the future. Yeah. Um, Bishop is from um, a more immediate future. Bishop is from, I'd say... What was it like? Forty to fifty years in the future. Yeah. Um, whereas Cable is actually from at least a thousand years in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 here's where it happens: is when they were working together, it was because they needed to fix something in time that affected both periods in, in a negative way. Exactly. But then there was a few times when basically Bishop was trying to fix something. But then Cable had to stop him because whatever Bishop tried to fix just made things worse in Cable's period. It's kind of like uh, Barry Allen when he wanted to go fix the timeline. Yeah. He's like, no, Barry, you remember what happened the last 20 times you t- tried that shit? Oh, yeah. We, we, we had to get reverse flash and, you know, help figure out a way how to get it back on track because you're a dumbass. <laughs> and, uh, and I will go full on admit this now, and I know a lot of people are going to go, what? How could you? How dare you? Blasphemy. But uh, I will admit this, is that I did, at first, like the Flash TV series. But yeah. what happened was, the second season finale completely ruined it for me. And I have stopped watching it ever since. <laughs> I refuse to keep watching it. Because I, cause what happened was, you had this whole scenario where, where Barry had messed with time in the first season. Mm-hmm. And you thought he had learned his lesson. Yeah, you know, and then and they went through all this horrible tragedy and everything. But anyway, um, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. So if you don't want to have flash spoiler alerts, 
you know, uh, ignore this podcast for the next few minutes. Or just um, fast forward for the next or, five. Yeah, or, yeah, just, just fast forward ahead. <laughs> but just don't listen to this part. But anyway, um, but anyway, what happened was, um, in that one, um, his, um, his father ends up getting killed. And, 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 uh, and then anyway, uh, he ends up fixing everything, but, uh, but the problem is, is that, you know, oh my gosh, my father's dying, it's my father. And then, uh, and then he basically decides, you know, even though, instead of, instead of living with what happened, mm -hmm. and then enjoying the, at least the, the, the friends and family that he had still with him. Yeah. He decides to go and fuck up the timeline again. He's yeah. he's you know now he's gonna go back and because like he he's like he had accepted the fact that his mother had been killed in the time traveling incident. Yeah. He had he had accepted the fact that 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 his father had been blamed for the murder, but then he was able to go and finally get him out of jail. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like and he accepted the fact that he had problems, but he was getting over them. And I was like, okay, well at least okay, he's got problems, but he's striving to be better. And then they do that. <laughs> it's like what, what? Wait, 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 wait! This is one step forward and a thousand steps back. You know, it's like it, it's like it's like it's like you are basically telling me that Barry Allen didn't learn a damn thing. <laughs> and here's the interesting thing: if you read um, the Flash comics, yeah. there are quite a few times where he goes back and he fucks up the timeline. But he learns from it, and he yeah. goes and he makes it. Well, better. Here, here's the difference, and, and I've always and I've always said this to people, and uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, you're gonna be a nitpicky nerd or something. But it's like, no, I don't hold it against people if they like one or the other. Yeah. But I keep telling people, it's like, don't confuse the don't don't confuse the TV or even movie Barry Allen with the comic book one because, because they're I keep, all different because they're completely different. The Barry Allen in uh, the Barry Allen in the TV series is he's he's. Um, he's like an emotional wet blanket, you know. He's like um, if Kylo Ren put on the Flash suit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and 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 I'm saying is that may that and I'm not saying that that's not appealing to anybody. Hey, if that's appealing to you, great. If you like whiny, bitchy, awful hey, no. characters, I mean, sure, go uh, ahead. No, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go that harsh on him. <laughs> but the whole point is, if you want a character that's an emotional wet blanket, go for it. But the whole thing is, is that. Barry Allen in the comic books was a very actually logical thinker. Mm -hmm. he, 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 I mean, um, I mean, at least they had this right in the TV series. But he was a forensic scientist for the police. Yeah. Um, and and but what happened was the difference between him and the show and the comic book is in the show, as I said, he has tends to get very, very, very emotional yeah. to the point where it totally clouds his logic. Um. In the comic books, he's not like that. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't make mistakes. He makes mistakes in the comic books, but if he makes mistakes, it's because he miscalculated. Exactly. It's not as a result of the fact that, oh, I'm going to get emotional and then do this thing. No, yeah. it wasn't this. Um, now, once again, there has been times he's gotten emotional in the comic book, but, you know, it's a, it's a different scenario. Yeah. And in most cases, not all, but in most cases in the comic book, Barry Allen usually thinks it through and tries to do what he thinks is the best solution to him at the time. As I said, he's a logical thinker. Yeah. Um, and if he and if he fucks up, you know, it's it's a result of the fact that um, 
It's a result of the fact that he miscalculated. Yeah. That that there was something he didn't actually count on. True. Um, but it wasn't because, you know, feelings. Because, you know, feelings. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, feelings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so, um, and, 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 uh, and, 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 and anyway, I can see that in characters like Bishop. Is mm-hmm. that uh, Bishop wasn't what I'd call an emotional wet blanket. No. Um, Bishop was very much a man who was about the mission. It was like, get the mission done. And what's interesting is a lot of people don't know this. I haven't revealed this to hardly anybody except for you. Yeah. Is that one of the key characteristics of Joe mm-hmm. is how Bishop thinks. He's yeah. very, get in there, get what you need done, and then leave. Mm-hmm. And I took the, I took that type of characteristic from Bishop and put him into Joe, because not mm-hmm. only um, is Joe like that, um, he's also like Barry Allen. He thinks about what he's going to do and then he does it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that you are not going to get with Joe: he's never going to show that he regretted anything that he did, mm-hmm. because he calculated the risks. Mm-hmm. He went in and did it. And then whatever happens afterwards, that's just that. Yeah, it's the result of his actions. And exactly. He, and, he, 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 and it's not that he's cold-hearted. It's just that he accepts the consequences of what he's done. Exactly. He, he realizes that it's it, whatever decision he makes, it's a 50-50 shot. Mm-hmm. Um, 50% that it's going to work out, 50% that it's going to fall, make him fall flat. Yeah, and he's very mature like that. But, but yeah, he... Um, but he doesn't let it um, cloud his judgment. Cloud his judgment. Yeah, exactly. It's basically get the mission done. If I happen to screw up, well, then I can always come up with another plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and, uh, and I'm very much like that with uh, with a lot of my characters as well. Um, I try not to give them too much um, too much emotional baggage. But I mean, I realize that characters have to have a little bit of depth to them. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly, you know, is exactly why I still do give my characters some tragic pasts, but one of the people I really like, um, and, and I'm not trying to get off Will's potassio here, but uh, we're just going to throw in, like, Liji Masamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that uh, Will's is kind of similar in this way with his characters. Yeah. But with Liji Masamoto, a lot of characters, like, like, if you look at Captain Harlock, he had a lot of emotional baggage, but... He never let it cloud his judgment. Exactly. He still got the mission taken care of. Yeah. Even though he had a tragic past. Exactly. Um, you know, um, because, uh, um, you know, in various incarnations of Harlock, um, depending on which ones you read, but uh, I'm just going to kind of mesh them all together. But basically, if you look at his past, he, he lost his girlfriend slash wife. Mm-hmm. Um... He he lost his home planet. I mean, not that it blew up or anything, but they basically rejected him and threw him off it. Yeah. Um, not really threw him off, but you know, it's like. A, but basically, he was banned from ever coming they back. Exiled. To Earth. Exiled. Thank you. He was exiled from Earth. Um, his best friend ended up dying. I mean, and then and then he basically made his brain the heart of the uh, the heart of the computer on um on the Arcadia. Yeah. Um. You know, um, and then um, you know, so so yeah, he had all these tragedies happen to him in his life, 
Oh yeah, and plus his parents died when he was a very, when he was at a young age. Yeah, so he had to basically fend for himself and teach himself how to how to be a man. Yeah, um, and, uh, and and that's what I'm saying. But but what I love about his character is that he never lets it get him down. He yeah. never lets him make him waver from whatever his purpose is. Nope. If Captain Harlock has a purpose, he sees it through to the end. Um, and I, I would liken Will's Protasio to that as well when, when he when he does characters like Bishop. Mm-hmm. Is he's very much focused on the mission. It's very much about the mission and, and how he handles it. Yeah. Now, he may not always handle it with the best of grace, but, I mean, people are human, so you never can. Exactly. But um, but what I like about it is, yeah, he's not a very, what you would call, overly emotional character. Mm-hmm. He's he's very mission-oriented, and, 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 and I like that. I mean, once again, nothing, nothing against the people who like the overly emotional characters. It's just never appealed to me. To me, I've always liked the characters who seem to have a, a focus. Um you know, regardless of the tragedies that happen in their lives, I love the characters that have to seem to have like a singular focus. And one thing that I really love about uh, Wilfs is because he will make a character so relatable mm-hmm. that when you read it, you can almost think, you know, I've gone through some of the mm-hmm. same things that he's gone through. And I see that, you know, he's handling it well, you know, and it gives you kind of some comfort in knowing that, you know, if he can handle it like that, so can you. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's what I'm saying. And I'll always love characters like that. Some of my favorite characters are, are sort of the um, mission-focused, sort of loner, um, badass characters. I mean, because... Because not only do I go back to like I said, like Leisure Masamoto with Captain Harlock, but I'm also uh, I'm also a big fan of um, um, uh, Hideyuki Kakuchi. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with him, I'll, I'll once again reiterate because I believe I've brought him up before. But mm-hmm. he's the guy who created Vampire Hunter D. Yes. He created Demon City Shinjuku, mm-hmm. and he also has another vampire comic by the name of Yamakaiden. Okay. Um, but he's, he's got these, re- he's got this really great way of writing, um, horror comics. Well, not comics, but horror, uh, horror novels. He actually yeah. writes horror novels, and they actually make anime and manga based off his novels. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and, in well, but I go back to Vampire D, like D. D is one of those characters that, much like Harlock and then much like Bishop. Yeah. Is, is this sort of loner character, um... Who, uh, who, who, you know, who, you know, does 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 the right thing, but never really ever gets credit for it, and just keeps on fighting despite the fact that people seem to fear him and in many ways hate him. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I've always been drawn to characters like that myself. So I mean, I, no, I can understand the appeal of characters like that because those are the kind of characters I create. I mean. Hell, you know, I go back, go back to my Darum comic. You know, Darum's very much like that. Now, you know, I, I I put in there that he's got his emotional baggage and he's got stuff that he keeps to himself, and very rarely does he share it with anybody. Yeah. But but he's also very focused. Uh, he's he's a person that's just like, I'm not gonna let 
my emotional baggage determine whether or not I can be a competent captain. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I would like to do this portion early so that we can get back to Willis. Yeah. Um, book recommendations and comic recommendations just real quick mm -hmm. because I want the last few minutes to continue talking about Willis. Okay. What you talking about with us? <laughs> <laughs> He's still fucking hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna let him hit you when he sees you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> probably, probably deserve it too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you want to go first? Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, man, so the, the problem is, is, there's so many great bits of literature out there. It's always hard to just pinpoint it down to one. But you know what? I'm gonna make it. I'm going to make it uh, somewhat easy on myself, um, and I'm going to go with uh, some of the classics again. Um, I'm going to recommend um, Kidnapped by Robert Louis Stevenson. Nice. Yes. For those who aren't familiar, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson also has created things like Treasure Island, he also, interestingly enough, and this is the only like horror-related novel he did. He's also created Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, Kidnapped is another um, story in the vein of Treasure Island, another um, seafaring pirate story. Mm -hmm. But uh, but in this case, it's about um, it's about um, it's about this uh, kid who ends up uh, once again. It's in the title being kidnapped and basically forced to live among these pirates. Mm -hmm. Um, and just basically about how he survives the ordeal. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's, 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 uh, it's another great, uh, action-adventure seafaring romp. Uh, definitely worth it. Read it. Check it out. Um, and, uh, in terms of comic books, um, let's see. I am... You know, um, yeah, you know, once again, there's another one that's kind of hard because there's so many great creators out there. Oh, yeah. I want to recommend a ton of them, but uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to try and go with something maybe I've read a little bit more recently so I, uh, so I can get a good handle on this. No, you're good. Um, you know what? I, I'll, I'll do this. Um, in fact, actually, we just mentioned him. And technically it's manga, but you know what? It's still comics. Mm -hmm. So I think it still counts. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to recommend the classic collection of Captain Harlock. Okay. Um, and this is just freaking awesome. I mean, once again, it's Liji Masamoto does, in my opinion, some of the best space opera out there. Yeah. I mean, um, the whole thing is, is if... You know, if you took the best of Star Trek and the best of Star Wars and they had a baby, that would be Captain Harlock. This is true. <laughs> An amazing sci-fi baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Most epic sci-fi baby ever. That's right, damn it. All right, what about you? Um, book recommendations. I don't think a whole lot of people have read this, and if they have, they've probably been forced to read it in high school. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but if I got to go with a book, it's, uh, Of Mice and Men see, by and John I, Steinbeck. And, and you see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and what I'm, why I feel 
this is sad and tragic is the fact that you as you said it's like people are forced to read it's like you should choose to read that it's a good read <laughs> it really is. it is it's like you know and and, it's, and i like it because it ends in a tragic way it's it's not one of those happy ending things it was one of those kind of tragic things because of the fact that you have the simple-minded guy who accidentally kills somebody mm-hmm. um he doesn't understand why he's done something wrong yeah but then it's his um, brother who, in the end, has to, you know, I, I, what's the best way to put it? Well, he has to kill him. Yeah. Um, I was going to say put him down, but it makes him sound like an animal. <laughs> well, um, in a way, he was. Um, in true. a way, he was portrayed in the book as an animal who couldn't be controlled and yeah. who did things off of emotion rather than logic. Yeah. But it was kind of sad in a way in the fact that you know, you knew that he didn't understand what he'd done. Yeah. Um, and that, um, and that really, when it came down to it all, he wasn't a vicious person. He wasn't. He was just very reactionary, as you said, with how he handled things. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it wasn't in the best way. I mean, obviously, in the case that he killed a man. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it ends in a very somber note. You know, and the fact that, you know... It he actually it, kills the guy's girlfriend, I believe. Yeah, I think Cause so. Because she's, uh, she's having him feel her hair, and then he doesn't let go, and he accidentally snaps her neck. Yeah. And then the guy finds out, and then he tells his he tells his brother, and he says, you've got to kill him or we're going to kill you. That's basically the ultimatum. Mm. And then he decides um, to take him down to the riverside, and he goes up behind him, and he basically just blows his brains out. It doesn't show it in the movie, no. but it basically says that's exactly what happens because yeah. that's yeah. what has to happen because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what the town oh, no, it asks is, it, for. It is. I mean, and in fact, interestingly enough, uh, and, and I'll just try to run over this real quick. Yeah. But there was actually, and I love this, it was actually a Highlander episode of Highlander the Series that homaged that. Yeah. Where they actually had, where, um, where Duncan McLeod and Richie had actually found this, this immortal who, who was simple-minded. Mm-hmm. And he loved trains. Anyway, um, what happens is, is that, um, there's this there's this immortal who keeps stalking him and trying to and trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, in the end, um, Duncan McLeod's able to find this immortal and and get rid of him. But what happens is that they find out that the reason why the guy was not only being hunted down, but 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 but, but the reason why he was on his own was because the um, the lady who had been looking after him. Mm-hmm. What happened was. Um, when um when the when the one immortal who was trying to uh trying to kill him um had come around he he was um one thing he was simple on me, but he was trying to keep like the lady who took care of him he was trying to keep her calm and yeah. so he was putting his hand over her mouth to keep her quiet and and whatnot he didn't realize he was putting his hand on her too hard mm mm-hmm. And he ended up breaking her neck. Yeah. Um, and anyway, what happens is at the end of the episode, um, Duncan McLeod... Well, actually, um, actually, uh, Duncan McLeod's about to go and do it, but no, what happens is Richie basically says, no, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then he basically takes the guy into this tunnel. And this is where it gets really sad, and I actually cried on this episode, was... 
he realize Richie pulls out the sword. The guy realizes what Richie's about to do. Yeah. And and then what happens is um um you know Richie tells him he's sorry, and and he's about to go and do it, but no, what the guy does is he basically tells Richie not to do it, and then he he actually puts his head on the rail of this train track. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, um, he's like, I'm just going to go listen for the train, you know, knowing that the train's going to run him over. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, and it's just really sad, really <laughs> sad episode. But it, it, and the funny thing is, is it was a tribute to Of Mice and Men. In fact, that was the name of the episode of Mice and Men. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, oh, comic book recommendations. Yeah, you didn't get yeah. to that, did you? <laughs> no, you're good. You're fine. A um, little bit of history goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> so, my comic book recommendation is the run of the X Men where Jubilee is introduced. Ah, she yes. walks into the school not knowing what the hell it is, and then mm. Professor X pairs um, Wolverine up with Jubilee because he feels mm. that um, Wolverine can teach her the ropes. Oh, yeah, well, I love about that, because that kind of made for quite a good team, interestingly enough. And it's so funny, it's like, I wish it explored that in the movies, mm-hmm. which kind of pissed me off. But the thing was, was that Jubilee was kind of like the protege of, of Wolverine, in a way. Yeah. And, in fact, in many of his uh, solo books, she was actually in the books with him. I actually have a Yeah, it's kind of like of Wolverine. a, side it was, it a was, sidekickish type of thing. Yeah, I, I have the run of Wolverine. It was done by both Mark Silvestri and Larry Hama. Uh-huh. And, and, and in that one, um, it has both uh, Wolverine and Jubilee in it. Yeah, and you get to see and, the side of Wolverine that you... Don't usually get to see you get a su- mm-hmm. you get a softer side of Wolverine. He's still yeah. kind of an asshole, but he's a softer mm-hmm. asshole because he realizes that mm-hmm. he wants to teach Jubilee mm-hmm. the ways of being a mutant. But he also feels mm-hmm. for her because she's a runaway. She doesn't understand her powers, and he's yeah. trying to help her understand mm-hmm. how to use them without you know making him go all haywire. Yeah, and when. Um, I believe he has to finally kick Jubilee out mm-hmm. because she's just too enigmatic and out there. He actually, Wolverine actually feels bad and cries about it because he has to mm-hmm. uh, kick her out and he doesn't feel right about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, interesting enough. But, uh, yeah, uh, but well, I like that. It's a good recommendation. And, uh, um, anyway, um, we can at least they'll use the last few minutes to, tell you, to get back to Will Spertasio. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just want to talk about his legacy, mm-hmm. um, if we can wrap it up with that. Yeah, his, the legacy. Um, well, but what about I, I think his legacy isn't, and, you know, and, and a lot of people might understate it, but, but I definitely won't, is that um, I think his legacy is that even though he may not have, um, may not be as recognizable as the other image founders, mm-hmm. and people may not automatically know who he is until you mention some of the characters he's done. Yeah. Um, but I think his legacy is the fact that if you do know who he is and you do follow his work, it's meant something to you. Yeah. And and he makes meaningful characters. Um. So th- so that's the whole thing. He may not. He not. He may not be a Todd McFarlane. He may not be um, a Rob Liefeld. He may not be a Mark Silvestri. True. Um. And he and he, and he, and he may not be a Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. But. What Will Spertasio does 
have is that he has a loyal group of fans who love his work and that his work has meant something to them. <laughs> this is true, because I know there were quite a few runs of Bishop that yeah. um, hit home for me, because Bishop isn't just a time cop. You mm -hmm. know, he's also someone who, um, who actually feels for people that he's mm -hmm. going out to kill because mm -hmm. it, he is a mercenary but he's a he's like a mercenary with a heart yeah exactly it's you a, know? I, I like how you put that but yeah i don't know a good good uh, good comparison and so um um but that's what i'm saying is his characters mean something to whoever reads them so yeah. he may not have as i said the popularity as the other guys but what he's got is a loyal fan base who um, who's who, who who finds meaning in his work, and that's always good to have. Yeah. And so that's what I'd like to say is in terms <clears throat> of his legacy. If anything, Will Spritassi was always going to be remembered as a guy who who made who 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 made a lot of characters that that people cared about. And has a last name that I'll never be able to fucking yeah <laughs> has a last name present. Well, hell, I mean, you even said, you know, well, hell, I mean, you've only I think you've only said his first name right maybe three times. <laughs> and Willis, I'm sorry. It's just you've got such an amazing and interesting way of spelling your name that even if I meet you and I fuck it up, I I'm sorry. It's just. Hey, I'm, hey, you know what? I'm pretty sure he'll be totally okay if you don't have to say his full name. Yeah. Even if you just say, hey, Wills, I'm pretty sure, sure he's good with that. Exactly. If we don't try to say my last name, 99% of people screw it up. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll just go with that. Uh, yeah, no, well, then, then, you know, and then, and then for kicks, you can just screw up Rob Liefeld's name. It's like, hey, are, is it, are you, uh, Rob Liefeld? Yeah, are you, are you Liefeld? Liefeld? Yeah. You do that Lee. deed, Paul, don't you? Deed, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the Ewing Blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. Yeah, Jer and, then, and then next you'll be talking about uh, Tude McFarlane. That's right. <laughs> Tude McFarlane is amazing. <laughs> Him and his span character. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I, I think I think we're at a good spot now, so uh, I, th I think we can probably wrap things up now. <laughs> That's right, like a mummy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, anything else before we? Um, no, I, I think we covered the announcements up pretty early. Um, okay. You know, uh, we've got the recommendations out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then we've had this really great tribute to Will's um next podcast and uh um, you know and we're uh, and uh you know we're gonna be uh boning up on some more of our facts but i mean you know uh next podcast we will be discussing jim lee um and in and what he's contributed to the comic book industry continuing on with our theme of many of the great image creators um and so um We'll see. We'll see you on that one, and I guess you can probably just send them off. Yay! All right, Jared. As always, thank you for coming on the show always and good. being a part of this uh, thirty-something odd episodes later. Yep. Um, you guys have a fantastic rest of the week. We'll see you on Saturday. Be good to each other. Love one another. 
show each other that you appreciate appreciate each other because there's nothing like showing someone that you appreciate what they do for you and keep your friends close and your enemies at a distance <laughs> have a good night <laughs>